With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Wait. You're live. Is the Hopefully feed jittering? you can hear us. Yes. Yes, it's there. All right. You can hear us. If you cannot hear us, please let us know. But this is coming right out of the board. And uh, podcast 500. This is a milestone, man. 500 podcasts. This is a milestone. What are we doing? What are we doing at 500 podcasts? That's not right. (laughs) That's that's not right. I can't believe this. For all of you listening to the 500th podcast, after we're live streaming, Mm -hmm, welcome mm -hmm. to the podcast. For those of you online, thank you for joining us. We are taking all of your questions. They don't have to be car questions. Mm -hmm. But for those of you listening, this is a celebration. We just Mm -hmm. can't believe it. So we're going to be taking all kinds of questions from all over. Many of you have already posted up online on Instagram, Mm -hmm. social media. To Twitter, Facebook. Yep. And so we're just going to be kind of working our way through this. There's no the real place. structure, yeah. to be no, honest. Not at all. We're not jumping at all. in. Yeah. We've got, of course, some news and some interesting things up here at the top, but otherwise, yep. we're just jumping right in. Well, we should say right away that in, in honor of this 500th podcast, we're doing a giveaway thanks to Grios. Yes, we are. Now, it isn't happening yet. Just so you know, after this podcast, so, so after, between now and our next podcast, which will be Tuesday, I am posting a picture of the mileage. Of the Phaeton. <laughs> it is over 130000 but how much is for you to guess? So you'll only be able to see the first two numbers. That will be available till Tuesday. We're going to give away two things, two really cool foaming kit things from Griot's to the people yes. that get the closest. And this is straight up closest. It's not prices Right or whatever. We're having them put together a special kit for us. Yes, so it's going to be very cool. winners, whoever is close mm-hmm. to the Phaeton mileage, the two yep. closest numbers yep. to the Phaeton mileage, and then that way you've got your Griot's kit. It's so be really cool. be sure to guess and... Yeah, so that, I'm excited for that people That picture to get that. will post, because we can't multitask quite that much. That picture will post as soon as this podcast is done. We will explain all the stuff going on otherwise. But Shortly, we're, just, yes. we're excited to have you guys with 500 podcasts. One of the things we did also in prep <laughs> for this, because, I mean, they're almost all a blur to us. We asked you yeah. guys favorites, favorite episodes. If you're only, mm-hmm. if you've never seen our podcast, never heard it, this also helps for you to kind of be like, what is this podcast about? Many of you sent in favorite podcast numbers and why. Cool. So we're not going to cover a ton of them, but throughout we'll cover a few. By the way, those that you have that have sent in these favorite podcast numbers, I'm blown away. Yeah, it's very that cool. people have told us they continue to listen to them. They mm-hmm. they, they go back and think. I need a laugh from these two idiots. I'm going to pull that podcast episode back up. So thank you. I am blown away. It's fantastic. It's very cool. So one I do have to mention right up front, especially if you're new to this podcast. Again, this is episode 500. Amazing. I'm going to keep saying it because it keeps blowing my mind. But episode 52, our first year in, we sat down and asked the most common question we've had on this show, which has been going since 2007. The show, not the podcast. The show, not the podcast. The podcast started in 2014. Mm Mm-hmm. So we got a, que- a lot of questions about how all did all of this start? How do I know this guy, etc. So podcast number 52 is the whole history of the show, how we met, how the, the show started on yeah. YouTube, why it morphed into TV and podcast and all of that. If you're ever curious about that, that's episode 52. So we're not going to review that now. The questions are pouring in already, which is really, really cool. 
Somebody already said uh, favorite was the one with the cops. So that was Anaswar. Mm-hmm. Thank you for writing. As a matter of fact, he just drove by Todd yes, on did. his way over here mm-hmm. in the Lotus, and he followed me. Kind of, he followed me. Yeah, he <laughs> followed me. A little calls. intimidating. He followed. I was in the Lotus. He followed because, of course, I'm the only yellow Lotus anywhere for a hundred miles. He followed me all the way to your driveway, <laughs> and as I stepped out of the Lotus, he came over the loudspeaker and went, "Hey, Todd, how's it feel to be followed by the cops?" So, so Chad's awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's so he was We've got to have him back on, yeah, and we sure. are working on more guests. As you have heard, we have more guests frequently, but uh, yeah, this is amazing. So we got to just dive right into some questions, and uh, I'm looking back over here on some social Great media ones, questions. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Atticus says, are either of you into watches? This guy. Yeah, that into guy watches. alone. You that bet. guy alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. All right. Uh, let's see. Well, what does the next five to ten years of everyday driver look like from Combat Conductor? If I told you all of our ideas, that means we would have to execute all of of the ideas. And we've had some pretty crazy ones. We've had some stuff that is way out there. And I mean, it would take a lot of time and money and resources. But we thought, man, if we could pull that off somehow, we just need private investors to do it or something. I'm not sure. But ultimately – Where I think we're at, just as automotive enthusiasts, is that this is a pretty great time to be a car person. There's great stuff out. A car enthusiast. Because of what's coming, because of what we've got to drive and compare in the past, I feel like we're well positioned in a way. Just I'm not talking about Todd and I. I'm talking about all of us as car Mm, enthusiasts to appreciate what's coming from car manufacturers. And we're continuing. We're, We're on this... Different, not golden age, but kind of a, a different time in uh, in car building. Time. It's a transitional you know I mean? time because of uh, because of we talked about it before. How many cars are becoming appliances? How many people mm-hmm. are just thinking about electric cars and pods? Yep. But while that's happening, all of you, all of us that care about cars, are digging in further to the stuff that we love. Which is while it's separating the two out, it's making yeah. people pretty serious about their car love, which we love. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going, and that is digging in deeper, and and people who are discovering it for the very first time. You've got all this back catalog of cars, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mustangs and Caymans and Supers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just, I, I say we will definitely keep going. We've thought, you know what? We'll always love cars. We can do this because there will always be new models, but there will be some, uh, no changes anytime soon. That's not what I'm saying. It's just more, you know, building the brand to be able to reach more people and, mm-hmm. and continue to proliferate on, Different platforms because you can see we've totally. done films, totally. we've got a podcast, television, YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. It's interesting when people approach us and they say, hey, I like your show. Todd and I don't know where you found us. Totally. We don't know what that means necessarily. Yeah. Some people don't use YouTube, if you can believe it. Mm-hmm. Some people don't use Amazon. Uh, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, totally. we always ask, all right, so where did you find us? How did mm-hmm. you discover mm-hmm. Some people say, I can't believe you do a podcast. Other people say five hundred later. Yeah, <laughs> Were you a podcast? Exactly. I, actually, when I sorry, when I used to work in Salt Lake as an editor, in addition to doing this show, the the guy that ran the company walked in one day and was like, "You know that person that left the company? They've started a podcast. They're only like three or four episodes already." <laughs> and I waited a minute. That means they're rich and they're retired, exactly. and that's all they no, do. This 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 yeah. guy was boggled, and he was talking to to actually my official supervisor about the fact that this person was on like six episodes in, and I went, "Yeah, we're almost to three hundred. <laughs> and I watched the gears stop because let's be honest, I can't believe we've gone this far either, but, but it's Amazing. very funny that, it, that it's happened. But the reason it's happened is because of consistency. You and I, when we started this, were never in it for the short term. That's a good point. And we were never in it for our own celebrity. 
Now, we yeah. have met tons of people, many of you guys we've yeah. met on meetups and stuff. It's been really, really cool. But we were always intending to build a brand. And so we understand that the brand eventually will be, hopefully, will be much bigger than us. And, and I envision the day when I am genuinely the old guy with the weird hair. <laughs> and so we <laughs> At least pop he's got up. hair. I've got I mean, the hair right now, yes. Stop so, complaining, right? So when, it, when we pop up in a video 10 years from now, the normal hosts that have been doing whatever – Mm-hmm. Your everyday driver. Then we pop up and people are like, oh, the old guys are in this one. I welcome that. I'd like to be sure. kind of the, the, yeah. the elder statesman of the brand. We have other people doing stuff for the brand. But I say that and then say this. We have also been – I almost say to our detriment. We have been meticulous about curating a brand and having it have a voice, mm-hmm. having it be family-friendly. And so we can't just throw anything out there. So we have to be yeah. very careful, and that's something we're going to continue to do for sure. Well, touching on the brand as well, that is uh, uh, not not contrarian. That's the wrong word, but always being fair and honest and balanced. And from the outset, driving the car not for the badge on the hood, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. saying, well, this car has the weight of history behind it, so we better like it. We better just add to the pile of love and – you know, add to the sure all the glorious reviews. We just kind of throw all that out and drive it for that car at that moment in time. The badge should be irrelevant, and it's very hard. It's hard for us, and it's hard for everybody to throw out the badge. Mm-hmm. I don't care what the badge. I don't care what the history is. Is this version right here any good? Should yeah. you buy it? Is it fun? Is it worthwhile? Does it do its job well? That's the other thing that's changed as we've yeah, done this right. podcast. <laughs> is look, we've started talking about. We've talked about minivans. We've talked about you know Priuses. We've talked about all electric commuters. Things that initially didn't seem like part of the brand. We were yeah. much more enthusiast based. But the great thing about the podcast and you guys writing in everyday driver. TV at Gmail while I'm thinking about it. Thank you. This is where we get the car debates, and you guys have bombarded us with car debates. Hey, what car should I buy? That's allowed us to talk about the entire industry at large and sometimes recommend things that, frankly, you and I don't like as drivers, but are perfect for that person in their situation, which is really cool. Yeah. Agreed. Well, BDY says, Paul, where's the Whiskey and Watches podcast? Yes. (laughs) I mean, I won't be on it. I really won't be on it, but yes. I, I cannot participate in the screenwriting podcast either. I'll just be like, all right, is, is there explosions and fire trucks and power tools in your script? Then, then yes, great. We're good. Make that <laughs> Short movie. of that, you're lost. Well, as a matter of fact, as you know, we have been ramping up and working harder on the output of everyday drivers. So it has kind of cut into that. And mm-hmm. I think it would be a once a week to start, maybe once a month, but I'd like to have some you know, some more research done because that one requires a whole lot more yeah. in-depth yeah. research. There's more nuance in, in terms of every brand and introducing people to brands. So I'm not saying it's not coming, but it's <laughs> everyday driver and continuing to build a brand is still the focus right now. But as a matter of fact, when it first came up, <laughs> you are, go- you are going, Oh, I'm, I'm glad, going there right I'm glad now. You're going there. Good, good, good. This watches whiskey and design because those are the things I'm into. I just, mm-hmm. I appreciate yep, good design. Sure. I appreciate, you know, just nuance in product. Mm-hmm. And I was always told <laughs> in school that you will always look at products and think, wow, I know how that's made. I can't believe they're charging that much money for it. And so Todd teases me about this all the time. Yes, I do. And so the, the title of the podcast is supposed to be watches whiskey design. And of course, then this guy got a hold mm-hmm. of that. And um, we made an entire episode with that beginning. We, we did. But, but let me back up here. Here's actually many people of everybody that wrote in with their favorite podcast. The one that was most often mentioned, much to my surprise, <laughs> is number 364. And yeah. the title of that podcast became this shirt. If you can see it, 
If you that can is, believe it. Um, what time is it? I'm drunk. That's ugly. <laughs> which was actually the name of that podcast Watches, because whiskey design. There was there was and actually after we joked about it and that became a thing. The reason it became a shirt is because then the next episode 365 cold opens <laughs> with the joke open of your podcast that doesn't exist yet, but me doing this. What time is it? I'm uh, I'm drunk. That's ugly. Which then one of our listeners Dale actually sent us shirts of <laughs> that which still makes me laugh. So because <laughs> here's the problem. Dale, I'm going to call you out real quick. Dale is the guy that set up our lemons team yeah. that we still race lemons with. If you've seen our lemons movie on YouTube, Dale's the instigator, which is cool. He sent us these shirts, and it's funny. I can only share it here. I mean, because if I wear that shirt out in public, not good. I wear that shirt out in public while going somewhere with my son. Yeesh. No, I can't wear this shirt. It's like I wear around the house shirt or show to the podcast. You can That's only it. wear it in Vegas. That's the place to wear it because then, people will be like, eh. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, for That's sure. kind of normal. For sure. So You seem pretty normal. Three, 364 was – we ranted a lot in that episode. <laughs> so if you like us off topic, boy, are we off topic there. I have a weird question that's okay. kind of on every one of these 100s. All right. And a brief stop there. Every right. 100 interval, we do this. We do a just who knows where we go all over the place. So 100, 200, et cetera. All of those are all questions and not necessarily even cars. Right. And right. what's come up a couple times because it's been <clears throat> it's been a long time. But there was a question here. I have to find it again. Where did you say it? You asked if you're going to be able to buy my novel. Things right. that are a long time coming. The short answer and the good answer is yes. This year it comes out. Fantastic. When it man. officially is out, fantastic. I will let you know. But this year it does come out. I've got it out to beta readers right now. I've gotten some notes back, which means there's a rewrite and an editor coming. But it is in process. It's currently about 330 pages. You mentioned you were talking publishing. You had a little bit of a conversation well, lately. I, I have a. I you had have something a, lined up a little bit. No, it's see. Here's the thing. I am going to self-publish because okay. I'm not going to. I I don't have the time to pursue what it would do to to chase traditional publishing. That's the yeah. problem. Okay. So I'm going to do self-publishing. I also have an author friend who, uh, believe it or not, is a New York Times bestseller guy, and he even is advising me self-publishing because of what he's watched hap- happening in the publishing world. Unless you want to publish a novel and then I'll have a conversation with you. It has <laughs> right. nothing to do with cars, by the way. Mm. Nothing at all to do yeah. with cars. Yeah. So it's a father-son story. And so I'm finishing that up. We'll see where that goes. Uh, but after many discussions of it, because it's always been the side hustle to the side hustle, it actually is ready now, and beta readers have been really good to me, and so it's, it's, I'm excited. I'm very excited, actually. Thrilled. Thrilled, man. Ryan Stamp asks if I would do a limited design run for Hot Wheels. He had this question even before I brought it up last episode. Man, would that be cool? Yeah, you, you do a great job. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Uh, we've, we've had many ideas for <clears throat> yeah, sponsors, and Hot Wheels came up. and I actually have. Uh, Brian Benedict is a friend of mine. Brian designed the Darth Vader helmet mm-hmm. Corvette mm-hmm. and was on Jay Leno's garage introducing that. So if you want to meet Brian, good friend of mine, he is one of the chief designers at Hot Wheels, as a matter of fact. And so I was, you know, maybe I could call Brian and just say, hey, just thinking about doing something. I think you should. I think you should. Yeah. Do something with the show. Who knows? But uh, he's definitely a friend of the show and knows the show as well. And uh, there's a matter of fact, there's there's a lot of designers that go to Hot Wheels. And Brian's an excellent designer. So, yeah, go find that YouTube video. Jay Leno's Garage. It is that Darth Vader helmet. So that's as far as I know about Darth Vader. That's really as much. That, it's, that really is as much as you know. Is that part of the Corvette? Did it come from the Corvette? It, was the it, Corvette first or was the Darth stop. Vader first? Stop. 
You're, you're embarrassing yourself. My son currently is watching, and he's embarrassed for you because he, he has his, right. his entire life asking you Star Wars questions and watch you go glassy-eyed. Yeah. So my son is watching. My wife is watching. I mean, this has to be a family podcast because otherwise, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get into trouble later. Speaking of all of our feature films, I can't believe this. Really, when we started this podcast, we'd done the 50 Years of 9-11 film which is also here. We've done that one. But then right around the time we started the second one, we were just going into post on mid Engines and Mountains. We've now done five. And many of you said a favorite podcast of yours is when we do the behind-the-scenes madness that happens for these, these feature yeah, films. Yeah. Number 21 was mid Engines and Mountains. That was the episode we talked about that. And that is still – one of the craziest episodes as far as getting a film shot because of the stuff actually in that case that happened around us. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even us. It was all the other stuff going on. So that happened for Icon, which is our BMW M3 film. That was 121. And then for – I've got these out. Oh, I've got these out of order. American Original is the last one. And that one is uh, all of our Corvettes. And that one is 333. That episode is all of the – you want to hear some scary driving stories that happened to this guy. During yeah, that, uh, that episode is still there. For crazy. those of you that have bought any one of our films, and these are available on Amazon as Blu-rays. They're available on Amazon streaming. Uh, they're on Vimeo if you can't get Amazon Prime from the U.S. That's that story. But many of you said you really like those behind the scenes because we talk about all the stuff that isn't in the polished version. That's just the yep. can you believe that happened and we survived. So that happens too. Kent Hines Jr. says, on average, how long does it take to do an episode, a Fast mm. Blast episode mm. to shoot? As a matter of fact, just this morning, we were shooting a Fast Blast episode of the mm-hmm. brand yeah, yeah, new yeah. Supra 3.0 versus the Supra 2.0. Mm-hmm. The embargo on that for everybody who has the Supras ends this Wednesday, May 13th, 2020. Yeah. So you will see YouTube light up with every Supra video about the 2.0. Ours will be included as well, so watch for that. We were just shooting that this morning. Mm-hmm. It really depends on the car, I think, and definitely the amount of time that we can spend with it. Sometimes Fast Blast, we just work them in really quickly. And a good example of that were the two Mercedes that recently came up, mm-hmm. the GTC mm-hmm. and the AMG E63S Estate. Yeah, yeah. We had those on the Atlanta meetup back in October, but we we were running and gunning so much, we didn't actually have time to do everything we wanted, so we didn't get as much shots. It's just like an artist finishing a drawing or a painting. You could keep going. You could keep drawing. You could keep playing with colors and noodling things. We could keep shooting. We could keep adding footage. Yeah, I have to stop. You know, at, at that point, you just have to say, all right, you know, we've got to get going. We've got to mm-hmm. keep moving. But on average, it's two to three hours. Yep. Yep. But we have the car for at least a week. And so we've driven it. Mm-hmm. We've traded the car back and forth. And so we've already kind of formed opinions we don't tell each other so then in the car we can kind of yeah you know we'll of course agree on the specs what what the car is but then what are our driving impressions throughout Mm -hmm, the week mm -hmm. that way we can put down the fast blast real quick but then we need the exterior shots the b-roll and that uh it goes pretty quick so the idea with fast blast is that it's a fast shoot Mm -hmm. it's a fast edit it's you know it goes by pretty quick versus TV shoots, which are both of us in the same car back and forth, yeah, yeah. and we want to spend more time, a little bit more thorough job with these cars. When we're shooting TV, it's typically taking, if you think about it, six to eight hours of production per car. So if we have a four-car yeah. shoot, just ponder that for a second, four-car shoot. But yeah, these fast blasts, two to three hours, and then there's a little bit of edit. The edit is probably six to eight hours, depending upon the editor. So yeah. there's that as well. Those go fairly quick by comparison. But this has always been the balance for us. We've never been a huge hit on YouTube, but we like doing highly produced content. So we've been finding our way with the fast blasts as to what we want them to be. It's a balance. we've taken all of our yeah. – 
big comparison production value stuff. We've taken that to television and then Amazon Prime, and then the older stuff is working its way back to YouTube. In fact, tomorrow, happy Saturday to you when tomorrow comes, because yeah. this is our Friday night podcast. Yeah. We don't normally, we normally record Thursday night. I'm a, little, I'm a little off. Anyway, happy it's Friday to you. Tomorrow morning, we are doing a live premiere of the last episode of season two. Now, to give you frame of reference, mm-hmm. we are about to start season seven, but season two is working its way to YouTube, and then we're starting with the other old ones. So that is the California Adventure. It's a, it's a Corvette Z06 on PCH and Laguna Seca. That will premiere tomorrow at uh, noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific, and we will be doing a live stream with that as well. That'll be fun. All right. Uh, what else you got on here? Lots of Thank you guys for the questions. This is overwhelming. This is great. <laughs> Shane asked, which of us drives the lightest weight pair of cars we're adding them up now lotus and well, Phaeton i, I for lose because i've got an expedition came in. no no no. but he's just doing the, the two normal ones he's not including the trucks oh, okay so, so okay. lotus and phaeton adding up oh. for me is 70 it's seven thousand pounds the maserati quattroporte and the cayman for you what's the Mas- that's about seven two that's this it's is 4200 plus 3100 so it's 7300 you uh hmm. and i've got 1900 i think i beat you by like 100 pounds Oh my gosh! <laughs> because the Phaeton is heavy. Yeah, the Phaeton is, does it to 5, you. Fifty-two hundred pounds there is is a problem. Yeah, I love that. All right. Uh, oh, when am I doing another design video? Uh, very soon. Mm-hmm. We've been busy this week actually shooting TV and doing fast blasts, and today this week has been super weak. As a matter of fact, so very soon working on that. And uh, I've had Mustang Machi in mind. I've had Cybertruck in mm. mind. I'm really waiting for the BMW M4 to be released so that'll come out so we can do some beaver teeth discussion oh, on that. But oh, I've got man. a list of cars going discussing that. But of course, I've got to shoot it very soon. So I, I'm back to my table, back to my other setup and uh, very cool. soon. I'm excited about soon, doing yes. more of those. It's very fun. Todd Beachy is asking what we do that doesn't have anything to do with the show. He's asking hobbies, essentially. Yeah. Now, you and I mountain bike. We've talked about that. In fact, if you'd like to hear us wrecking mountain bikes, uh, oh. we have a podcast discussion, 334. We have a podcast discussion. Thanks, Chris, for mentioning that, where we talk about uh, both having a nasty, nasty wreck that put us out for weeks on the same ride. Not on purpose. At different times. Not this was purpose. not planned. Uh, yeah, we are actually different people, but that did happen. But besides mountain biking, I actually I love to hike. I love to climb. I like to right uh those are the three main ones i can think of i like to get outside when i can because i Mm -hmm. see screens a lot i have like multiple screens for the editing and that kind of thing yeah i love traveling to see my family they're all up in seattle hello family hope you're watching love seeing my family and kind of doing whatever i like hanging out on my sister and brother-in-law's property we just kind of grill out he's an excellent chef so i i love sitting around a table and having wine or drinks and just relaxing and I'm not much of a chef, I will admit that, but I have a growing interest and I've taken, last year, I took an intro to knife skills cooking class and you think it sounds like, oh, I know how to use a knife. You actually don't <laughs> until you can tell me how to cut a red bell pepper properly and julienne carrots and all this stuff. So they, they make you cut all these vegetables and then suddenly you're doing stir fry or you're doing fajitas or whatever that, and you know, you eat it at the very end. So <laughs> I'm kind of getting more into cooking and I, I really have this thing for high end cookware and knives and all this stuff. It's like Todd with backpacks. I'm looking at like new cookware. I'm like, I don't know where I'd use that. But yeah. I don't know what I'd cook in that. And I don't even know if it tastes good, but look at that. Cool ceramic I coating. Have a, I have a closet full of backpacks, and I'm so excited about pockets on a backpack, I can barely stand myself. And I, I don't even use them that much. It's ridiculous. I, yeah, I love standing you around. You know when you all stand around at the end of the counter, everybody at a party or your mm-hmm. family, sure. whatever, yeah, yeah. and all the food comes out, and you think, we should take this over to the table. No, you shouldn't. Let's just stand here and eat. Yeah, it, that's it's what just, happens. 
all appetizers. That's what I love. I love an all appetizer dinner and you're just sitting there eating and drinking. That's what I love. I love doing it outside. So cooking a little bit I'm into, but definitely skiing, definitely mountain biking, getting outside. And uh, of course, living at altitude up here, it's really easy. So we've got mountains when there's good weather. We're just, we're outside. Well, and we're fighting for, this is the only problem with living here, because obviously all winter we have good skiing. We all love to ski, but the only problem is that that means four months out of the year we can't use our good roads, so we have to travel. We just got back from traveling to central Utah to do our second shoot of part of season seven down there, which was really cool. We're doing a lot more. <laughs> Paulie Majin says he's learned Ray Drummond's recipes. Very good to learn with. That's Thank you for the recommendation. They taste very good. Good to know. <laughs> uh, people are asking right. me movie questions. All-time favorite movie director. All-time favorite individual? I don't know. But I will say I like writer-directors. I like guys that get – and this is rare. I like guys that get enough clout that they can do the entire through line of the story. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan of Jim Cameron. Now, he's not always the best writer, but he is an incredible powerhouse as both. And then currently, that means Christopher Nolan is – he's phenomenal. I'm a huge fan of him as well. So I'll just leave it to those two for now. Back to cooking. Andrew M. says, <laughs> Paul, speaking of wine, cars, and cooking, car and drive road and tracks plan trips that let people drive cars and enjoy the company of other enthusiasts. Do you think this is something the niche car culture will become? There will be a part of that. As a matter of fact, we're already doing it on our annual pilgrimage trips, which we hope mm. happens this year. We're Let's not see. sure. It is currently scheduled for August 2 through the 6th, 2020. You're all invited, but we're not sure. We'll, we'll keep you posted, of course. But on future trips, that's what it's all about. It's just you know, food is an excuse to get together. Cars are an excuse to get together, whether you're driving or not. Some, you know, and somebody says, well, why don't we go for a drive instead of standing here in the parking lot just talking about cars? Well, that's a good idea. I Let's totally go for a drive. Agree. I totally agree. Cars and coffee is fun. Cooking get is the, in the same car thing. Drive. I love standing around or I love, you know, having a meal together, going out to eat, all that kind of stuff. So, yes, it's something we already do. At the end of a track day, I love getting everybody together and just talking about your day. We're breaking bread together and let's just, you know, talk about what strikes you. What'd you learn? What you know? What was fun? This is every shoot That's we what do. I love. <laughs> it's interesting to me that road and track car and driver they're picking up on that kind of thing and they're starting a, the toe in the pool. Sort of. Let's see if that'll work. I know. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> Rob Report does this at a very yeah. high level, and they invite some readers to come to Napa, and they, you know, have really expensive everything, and they drive the cars that are way out of our reach, but still. Yes. They're doing it at that level, too. And even the food and wine stuff. Park City actually closes down Main Street every year, and every restaurant sets out long mm-hmm. tables. Mm-hmm. And so you can pre-order your seat and yeah, pre-order yeah, yeah. your meal. And then every restaurant serves kind of in front of their restaurant, and the entire street is blocked off, and it's just beautiful tables all the way down the street. And it's just this big block party. It's like yeah, let's get together and eat. Yeah, it's very cool. And that's always typically right around the longest day of the year. It's nuts, but it's not cheap. Andrew M. asked about the 86 that came with the Supers. We, we had a crazy week this week. Yeah, we did. The The car transport pulls up and pulls out two Toyota Supers, the six-cylinder and the four. So cool. And a Hakone Edition 86. My neighbors must be like, you're getting... Yes. Three cars came out of that transport and totally. went who Yeah. What? What do you do? Uh, your, your neighbors think it's nuts, for sure. So do yours. Absolutely. My neighbors, the cars just come I've over. Got a long, just, it's a constant rotation keep in my Keep going. Drive. Your yeah. neighbors are like, is that, is yes. that yours? Is that new? Is, yeah. No? They keep asking my wife, get a new car. She keeps going, no, we didn't. So that's going on as well. <laughs> but but the thing is, that's very cool about it is we shot two different pieces. We shot a super versus super piece that's coming out this week when the embargo lifts. And we shot a two-liter Supra. I've wanted to do this since it was announced. Two-liter Supra versus the Hakone Edition 86. That's coming out for both TV and YouTube. So those are all coming. It's been a big, big week for us. <laughs> we thought Podcast 500 didn't include an 86. Uh, you yeah. were wrong. <laughs> Sorry. Guilty <laughs> as charged, for sure. 
All right. Uh, looking. You see, Thomas G22 is reaching out to me and saying, oh, man, did I ever wish to become an actor? Or was oh. I happier behind the scenes? This is this is the irony, Thomas. Is hmm. that I I married an actress. She's very talented. Yes, she I is. I worked with a lot of of actors as a director, as a writer, etc. In Hollywood, I knew other actors at a whole other stratosphere by working at New Line Cinema, and I never wanted to be on camera. Mm. And then there were a couple of people that I knew that did little short films and wrote me in because you all everybody winds up on camera. Wrote me in to be on camera on those, but I never really wanted to be. But then when we started the show, you'd never been on set before. I no. didn't really want to be on camera, no. but the thing I didn't want to do, I directed a few things, a Western and some other stuff, where I realized in the middle of the day, the actor playing make-believe is having the most fun of everybody. That doesn't mean acting's always the best job on set, sure. but in those moments, it was like, I want to be that guy, and I realized we were going to do this show, I wanted to be in the cars. Yeah. So that necessitated, yeah. I guess, my face is going on camera, and here we are, you know, more than 10 years later, doing a lot of time on camera and behind mics and stuff. Yeah. It's interesting the roles that we've fallen into mm-hmm. over the years because I'm not a director. He's a director. But I'll handle all the car wrangling like you mm-hmm. heard with the transporters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I work with all the manufacturers and I'll handle the car wrangling or the finances or, you know, planning trips or whatever that is. So it's just almost any arena. And as you've heard, we're growing. We've got Chance. We've got Edgar. Mm-hmm. We've got Nate doing uh, the cycle report. Yeah, man, we've got sure. six writers producing content. So if you think about it, that's that's like a ten person, you know, it's not content producing it, it nuts, for sure yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, sure. you know, we still think of it like we, we got to change our attitude over time. I think we just got to. All right, this is beyond us, especially well, with the Discord. We've we've just yeah, got to realize yeah, that. Yeah. And let that go, still proliferate it. But I think that also ties into where Everyday Driver is going as a brand. Because again, I never aspired to be on camera and, and mm-hmm. say, well, I'm yeah. a, you know, a name, a movie star. That, that was never the, the thing behind it. It was more like we could get access to cars. Mm-hmm. We can speak uniquely about cars. We can produce excellent filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I can talk about design that is unique in the industry. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What could that look like? So the first year was just sort of like I we're bumbling around <laughs> in a dark room, yep. bumping into things, yep. not really knowing what we're doing. And there was no precedent then. Back mm-hmm. in 2007, yeah. there was Motor yeah, Week yeah. on one end. Yeah. There was Top Gear on another. That was it. And YouTube was cat videos. It was that family was vacation reality. photos and cat videos. Totally. Totally. Yes. So it all changed from there for sure. There's so many good things in here. I'm trying to catch up because I'm, I'm reading multiple places at once. And I it's know. Really madness. I know. Um, many other ones coming up here, but I'm scrolling through. Okay, to... bloopers. Oh, please. Go. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Stamp <laughs> says, Todd, do you think you guys have enough content to have an entertaining bloopers episode? Yeah. Let me just content, put it this yes. way. When we were in Colorado two years ago, there was it an elk that walked out in front of you? Uh, well, we've had a lot of deer. A lot of deer, but it was raining. So it was sort of like it was the elk. wet dog smell elk. Yes. on mm-hmm. elk. Yes. Mm-hmm. And was Todd elk. was ranting about like elk musk in the car mm-hmm. and we were crying. It was hysterical. Yeah. But like where does that go in the episode? Because on, what do we do with this? But it's actually there is there is one quick elk must come. Was must there? Did you put there. it in? Oh, yeah. It's in the, okay. it's in the uh, All right. uh, five seat phenoms episode. That one's in there. There's a lot. But There's a lot that we could. Here's here's two problems here. One, a lot of our funniest bloopers, <laughs> sadly, are not family friendly. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. And, and there are ones we send back and forth as editors and just cry with laughter. The second problem is you now have to have. And I, I know this sounds crazy, but it's true. You now have to have an editor whose job is to find the bloopers and build the blooper reel because the actual editors doing things think about a feature film when you see a blooper reel on a feature film blu-ray or whatever it's because one of the assistant editors built that 
The editor that worked on the film, he doesn't care. He didn't mm-hmm. work on it. He doesn't have the time. That's our problem as well. And sometimes we pull stuff off to the side. Maybe we'll do a blooper reel. But the problem is a lot of it gets a little <clears throat> inappropriate. Yeah. That's always yeah. an issue. Yeah. All right. Latest question. David Sinan says, why does Todd typically wear red and Paul wears blue? Mm-hmm. I actually don't remember. We well, but when we started, that was the whole thing. As I said, we have got to because because nobody had ever, and still to this day, nobody really ever does, intercut the same person in the same car. Right. Nobody really does that. It's a right. whole other thing. But and I wanted to make sure that people knew it was two different people. Now, obviously, we have different voices, different faces, different. Hair. And people still say the guy driving the car, and sort of like, you, uh, there's did two you, guys. Did you watch? Yeah, for two sure. Two different hairstyles. Mm-hmm. Two different personalities. Absolutely. Yeah. Two different colors. The but guy, we, but we wanted a brand based on color so mm-hmm. that it would make it even clearer about the fact that we were changing up hosts in the car at the same time. It was one of the things we did, and we just—I think I literally put it to Paul and said, "What color do you want?" And he said blue, and I went, "Well, I guess I'll go red because I needed to do a contrast in color." Todd yeah. loves blue too. Don't worry, <laughs> I like red cars. Don't worry, but <laughs> yeah, it was just happen. sort of like, all right, it just happened, and that's thusly let it be so. We've got – oh, somebody asked about the mountain bikes we ride. We both ride full suspension mountain bikes. I am not really a downhill mountain biker. I like a, a variation. I want to go up some. I want to go down some. We're not chucking ourselves off of ramps. For no. a while, we thought about doing mountain bike reviews until I really – first off, we both had wrecks. Yeah, we then, hurt ourselves. Then I had a serious <laughs> thought to myself about the fact that a lot of the guys doing mountain bike reviews are going far faster and chucking themselves off of like cliffs and stuff. And it was like, you know what? We're never going to do that. Let's stay in our own lane. We'll do there's for a while. season yeah. and career ending wrecks that we hear about in park city. We just want to ride and enjoy and then get off our bikes and drive cars again. But yeah, it, it it's gotta be a balance. And then we just decided let's put all of that energy into making more fast blasts mm-hmm. and yeah. ramp up the YouTube content. And we are. So, uh, so yeah, speaking of which John Schraith, Thank you for asking. When is my car cleaning piece coming out? Yes, when is that coming out? Well, should it <laughs> be a waiting. design piece or the car cleaning piece? Actually, the car cleaning piece is designed to kind of troll the internet a little bit because everybody's like, the two-bucket method. I have a one-bucket method, and I will show you how, and I shot it, but it doesn't use the foam cannons, and I'm all about the foam because, as you know, Grios has the foam cannons, and they're amazing. But I went a little bit old school because of the buckets, and we talk about the buckets. When, you, when you're doing the foam method, you no longer are really doing the bucket method anymore. So just you know, just know that. I, I guess you are a little bit, but, but not really. So <laughs> we're pushing the foam because that is really – that it's technology very cool. is very cool, yeah. where everything is going as far as car cleaning. But I just thought I'd you know, just troll it a little bit and tease people a little bit. But hopefully soon I'm wanting to do a, a second design video before I do that. How about that? Yeah, I agree. I, I'm excited about your design video because it's the stuff that I'm boggled by. It's mm-hmm. the stuff where I become an audience member when you do the design stuff. Thank you. Because I, I don't you. shoot it. I don't have any idea what you're talking about. I always learn something from it. So I'm always sitting in the edit Thank and you. going, that's cool. It's that fun. came in the door and is awesome. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, right now in some of the cars, I'm sort of thinking back, what would I fix? And I go too far back and I think, well, that would change the entire platform and I've got to repackage it and I've got to redesign it completely. <laughs> Start again. Just what would I fix? And every designer stands back, hopefully, from the design and says, what don't I like about the design? Mm-hmm. And therefore, you know, put, put yourself in a different headspace. So that's what I got to do about the cars. I agree. Lots to do. There's, there's so, we keep having conversations about all the ones you should redesign, so we keep talking about that. Somebody is asking the eternal question of if we – oh, Michael's asking if we could only choose one car for the rest of our lives, what would we choose and why? You're literally saying owning one car? I don't wow. think that's possible because that, that comes back to the other twist question, which is what's your favorite car? It's like give me some parameters. That's what the whole show is about. It's like give me a budget. Give me a need. I don't know that I could do single car. 
forever. Now, single car that never leaves the garage while I have other things in my life, I actually, I've been talking about keeping the Elise indefinitely. You have been talking about but this. I, I, it needs a little bit of a refresh. Mine's awesome, but at the same time, just I think a little I've bit of a one re- of the, One of the highest fine. mile releases. I don't know about that. Uh, Forza Viola says, um, most rewarding steering feel, most satisfying shifter, and best clutch take up in 500 episodes. I don't know that I can answer that, but I will say, because I am the Lotus freak, that Nothing matches the steering feel of my Lotus Elise. That's just that's in a class by itself because of what it is. Exactly, two thousand pounds, no power steering, mid engine. I agree. That changes the whole category. The problem is everybody else is competing for second. <laughs> but but on the flip side, it does not have great shifter feel. Yeah, mine's been mine's been yeah. revised a little bit aftermarket and is one of the better ones for that Lotus Elise. But the Lotus Elise is not known for good shifter feel. Lotus in general, actually, it's it's noisy a little bit. There's there's well, some that's noise a whole involved. Other problem. There's a whole lot of noise. And um, yeah, there's a few other things. All right, uh, let's see here. Jumping over to social media as well. There's a question. It is cars, and it's about me doing the backstroke on cars from Pat Hadley on Facebook. <laughs> Which car manufacturer have I had to backpedal the most over or the biggest shift in perception on a car for any of us? Pat, thank you for finding the podcast. He's been slowly going through the backlog from number one. You're in the mid-150s. I can't believe that. He found it hilarious that I went on a rant. I did. On Ferrari Mondials (laughs) and their garbage and their horrible cars. And then I drove one. Our friends at Griot's pulled one out of their collection, and we actually went on this drive. It was last year, almost at this time, and we pulled four cars out of their garage and went for this glorious drive Mm -hmm. around Washington. And one of them was the Mondial, and I thought, it'll be okay. I'll give it a pity drive, and I'll just, (laughs) you know. pity drive. (laughs) I almost want that to be assured because it's not going to make sense. It's going to be this all over again. It's not going to make sense to anybody unless you hear the story. Yeah, The car needs my help and it uh, wants yeah. to be have well, the yeah. fluids moved mm-hmm. around. For sure, and, yeah. And then I loved it. And now I'm looking at Mondial's thinking, oh, the rest of the Ferraris can fall off the face of the planet. I, I don't care. But this is what happens when cars start to reach their affordability threshold. It does that does play into effect. Mm-hmm. It, that absolutely factors in. I mean, I've said I it about I've said it about the Phaeton. The Phaeton at seventy to one hundred thousand dollars is ridiculous. The Phaeton at five to ten thousand is fascinating. <laughs> it <laughs> today, is today. I did. You're, you're going to tell on me. Go ahead, tell on me. It's fine. It's today. Todd yes, told yes. me mm-hmm. we I dropped did. the supers off. Yep. He brings me back in the Phaeton. We're just sort of like, yeah, this is great. It's comfortable. Todd says, you know, after we give these cars away, which we are. I could actually look for like a $12,000 Phaeton. And I think it doesn't even mean, you know, falling into a pile of money. I think it means like maybe next year because I'm going to miss it. I don't $12, $12,000 Phaeton that's that like two levels above the one he's got now. So the button that the paint on the roof well, buttons is not melted and bubbly. I, I would do this. It, it's a it's a special car and it is a special limo and it is the opposite of anything else I've driven. And I honestly think it, it's one of those moment in time cars we talked about on the podcast before. If I could find a 06 in fantastic condition, because 06, now they've sorted out the suspension and all these kind of things. I don't want a W12. If I could find an 06 low mile that was around 12, it would be really compelling to buy that car and have for a while. Because my $5,000 one, it it shows glimpses of that greatness, but it cost five grand and it's being drip fed right now. And one of you will win it, which is going to be interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Pat, yes, you're right. Ferrari Mondials, and I'm sure there's other Ferraris, but yeah, Maserati, even though I don't love the entire portfolio from Maserati, but there's this car that's coming out. They're teasing this mid-engine cool Maserati, whatever. Surely I'm going to like that, right? Who because knew? Maserati, and I didn't. 
And what's funny is I'm admitting I am Wrongville population me. I'm over here in Wrongville yeah, with my yeah. flag, and it has a Maserati logo on it. And the Miserati the, shirt the Miserati logo. is one of my favorites ever that Paul has come up with. I'm secretly hoping the people in Modena will find like Miser. Well, they spelled it wrong. What do they mean by that? Yeah. And, you know, my English is a little rusty, but what happened there? Your, your Pickle Fork Company shirt. All of these are available on our store, by the so, way. So yeah, it's Maserati. And yeah. I'm, you know what? I'm happy to be wrong. And I'm almost excited when either of us are wrong and we go in with preconceived notions into driving a car, any experience. And you think, well, that is for me. I, I do like that. That is me. It, it is always fun to get surprised. Any category, yeah. cars, drive, yeah. whatever that yeah. is. I love it when we can step out and you give something else a pity drive and then you come back and think, that is me. I like that. Well, and what I also like is that when you and I, we drive something and we both respect it, but one of us really just digs in because it speaks to us on some level that the other one's like, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of times we align and we like cars similarly, but there are places where just weird tangents happen. It's like you're off over there in the weeds and I don't get where you are. At all. I love it when right. it happens, though. It's always cool. Right. Exactly. All right. What else you got here? Oh, no. Somebody's asking me if I've actually looked for 06 Phaetons. Not yet. I have not. I still have <laughs> It'll one. It'll start tonight. I still have one that's costing me plenty, so I yeah. haven't done that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. Oh, somebody. Oh, hang on. Levita 594. You see this? How do I talk my wife out of replacing my 996 with a Julia? Uh, oh. Talk her out of it? Okay. So Okay. There's a, there's a, I, I can't get into it because there's a whole car debate behind this. It's clear. Because clearly she wants you out of the 996-911 for some reason. The Julia is separately a fantastic, fantastic family sedan. Mm. I think that's what's happening here. I think it's – I don't want to get rid of my sports car. Why do I have to get a family sedan? That is a separate discussion that's been discussed on many podcasts. We've uh, we've simultaneously helped and ruined many marriages over 500 episodes <laughs> as a result of that. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that all came about. I, I think – I'm also going to say tough love. There are better 911s than your 996. But the Julia is a fantastic sports sedan, but you're talking about two different areas. Uh, that sounds like um, there might be a fight brewing there. I hope not. Yeah. yeah. All right. Chris Hutch for an Instagram asks when we're going to broaden out to podcasting more on the European market. Would be interesting hmm. to see us put together a garage based on a UK budget. He says, from an Englishman living in Ireland, I would love to go to Ireland. Mm-hmm. That sounds amazing. We, we've done podcasts for people all over the world. We though. have. We actually got uh, just a – we get emails, and I love it when we do get those emails from those of you outside the U.S., and thank you for following the show. We actually just got an email today from Gustav in Stockholm mm-hmm. and uh, somebody in Poland. Yes. And another of you is on YouTube, and remind me, you are uh, not in the U.S., so thank you. Yes, it takes a lot of research – for the topic Tuesdays and for your car debates. And that's what I love. We put a lot of effort behind it. So we're not just coming in off the cuff. We're considering, we're reading questions for a while and then we'll Mm -hmm. go away for a few hours and we'll think about it. And so whenever I choose these, you know, these debates, I want them to be, and they are, they always are, but they're, you know, interesting, engaging and and really make us challenged rather Mm -hmm. than just because that, seems like it would get stale really quickly, don't you? I, I mean, don't you agree? Well, but the separate, the separate problem that we have, and I want you to, re- to finish, but the separate problem that we have is the fact that 
good cars are good cars. So if you listen to this podcast for very long, guess what? The same cars start coming up. It's not because of just repetition for the sake of. It's not because those are the only yeah. cars we want to talk about. It's because if you mm-hmm. talk about a certain car in a certain certain segment, guess what? These are the good ones. Yeah. And so yeah. we get some repetition. Then, then what happens for a while is we get sick of talking about a car, a la the Subaru WRX. If you have $25,000 and you like an all-wheel drive car that's kind of fun for the – buy a WRX. The first – I swear to you, first like 20 episodes of this podcast, we could have answered all of them with WRX. So we decided kind of privately let's avoid those for a while and then after a couple of years we started getting questions like why do you guys never talk about the Subaru WRX mm. and we were like oh yeah we ought, to, we ought to talk about that as well so we do kind of go in waves but it is difficult to sometimes try to have a car debate that doesn't sound like ones we've done before and after 500 episodes that does get a little tough yeah yeah, for sure. Well, uh, Ken Hines Jr. asks me what I drive daily. That is the Cayman GTS. I'm a Porsche super freak. Yes, Todd drives are. a Lotus. Mm-hmm. Thank you for asking. And Mike M. asks, how on earth that we maintain our friendships, our friendship, despite differences of opinions on money and creative decisions? It comes out of the friendship being first. Mm-hmm. And I told Todd that if everyday driver gets in the way of our friendship, everyday driver will go away mm-hmm. because our friendship is first. And that, I think, defines us because, sure, yeah, yeah. of course, everybody disagrees in your yeah, marriages, yeah, yeah. in your friendships, with your yeah, yeah. families. Totally. You always have disagreements, but do you have the ability to learn from that mm-hmm. and understand that and mm-hmm. say, well, okay, that's a perspective I didn't have. That doesn't mean I'm right. That just means that's kind of how I think and that's what I like. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I, I hadn't really considered that. We learn a lot from each other, mm-hmm. and the friendship does come first. And the friendship was first for a decade yeah. before the show yeah, started. Yeah, sure. And so that foundation has given us the ability to, all right, so we disagree. Okay. You know, we can leave it there, and, or we can just decide, yeah. all right, let's ask the tough questions and totally. let's work through it right now. Let's, totally. let's swallow our pride. Let's. You know, what, mm-hmm. what's stopping yeah, yeah. us from moving forward? And ultimately, yeah. what's the goal is create good content and, you know, drive mm-hmm. fun cars and bring you guys the content. And that's what we want. We want ever since the very beginning, you actually mentioned something that changed my entire perspective. Mm. And that was when we stick a camera to a windshield. That is not the audience watching. I'm talking to you. Mm. I'm talking to my best friend. Sure. Yeah. I, I stick a camera there and that's. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that changed my entire perspective yeah. about talking about what I, you know, what I want to say about a car, what I want you mm-hmm. to hear, what I want mm-hmm. you to know. And then it went so far as to I know I'm only talking to you because he's the only one editing. Yeah. And so now I'm like, don't put that in there. That, don't you that dare put that so in there. So many times in the first few years, I'd be watching along on the on the raw footage, and you sort of be like, no, no. Don't I'll put talk that myself in. into a corner and be like, totally, yes. That could come across as really insensitive <laughs> or stupid. We don't put that up. in there. We screw things up. Well, that's the other thing about it. A lot of people don't realize is that you and I go into cars with talking points only and no script. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. I mean, a lot of shows are fully scripted. And, and there's a lot. Look, there's a lot of merit to fully scripting a show. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's, you, but you get yeah. a structure out of it. But I always like the raw format of it. And so you and I go in with talking points. And it's really found in the edit room. And obviously, sometimes that works better than others. We have episodes where we're really rocking. And some we're only doing okay. But I like the the raw improv nature of that, which is funny coming from somebody that's a writer. I like the fact that we don't write it out and we just riff. And that has grown over time and been very cool. And it's fun to watch in the edit room, watch stuff come together yeah. and, and see the story flow. But I'll screw up so many times like, Todd, don't you dare. Uh huh. Don't you dare. If I yep. see this in the final, it's trouble. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have to take the bait on this one. Jay Woodsy says, one watch to rule them all. Oh, no, really? My choice. Zenith El Primero. 
Zenith El Primero. Zenith an used to make the movements for Rolex. Go look it up. But Zenith is the top. They're very expensive. They have a, a faster heartbeat than many of the watches. So just look at their movements. They're all about the movements. They, I think Zenith is my personal favorite. How but they're many, really expensive. Kent is asking how many drones are used in filming. How many drones? We have an army of drones now? I, I'm excited we can get one drone in the air. The struggle with the <laughs> drone is not only wind, but the other struggle with the drone is you want to get the drone in the air and not ruin the other shots that are happening at the same time. I mean, I've known productions that literally when they're going to yeah. put the drone in the air, all the other cameras go away and they just do a drone shot. But I keep thinking oh, really? about the massive time that that is. Oh, yeah. So we will shoot drones simultaneous to other cameras running with other camera people. But that means the drone's got to go somewhere that what you get on camera is not just for, for the next right. five minutes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Jordan Schieffer asks who flies the drones. And that is all of us, as a mm-hmm. matter of fact, yep. because it is so easy. The production value that it adds, it's so easy because you're driving from your phone screen. Yeah. So Chance flies, Todd flies, I fly. But what's funny is the different kinds of shots that we want to get out of it. So you can almost tell mm-hmm. at this point who's flying, and it just depends on the style and the kind of shot that we like. I'm, I'm working on my very low shots, but that's a contrast between hitting the dirt berm or the side of the rock wall totally. or a tree or the, or the car the itself. Car. Yeah, that'd be really so good. So yeah. I, I love the low pans that you think, well, that camera's detached from the earth, but mm-hmm. it's low. How did you do that? That's what I want the drone to do. Somebody asked if I still had my Nissan 300ZX. I do not. I got rid of that when I moved to Utah about a decade ago. I still miss that car. But what I would like to have is the, is the proper version, which because I had a 1990 automatic non-turbo, which was great for Los Angeles and surprisingly reliable and fun. Okay, And actually, is the car – you had a 928 and I had the 300ZX at the same time. And yeah. that was in many ways – and I'm going back to episode 52, but it's many ways. It's Genesis, us getting inspired to do this show by those cars and doing those canyons in L.A. But I did get rid of that car. I'd love to have a, a nice twin turbo from a late model run. But again, we're only back to money and garage <laughs> space. I mean, we've said this before. If we had – if all of us listening had uh, unlimited garage space and unlimited money, we would all be Jay Leno with cars. Uh, It'd just be, oh, yeah, I need, you know what? I need yeah. another warehouse because I don't have one of those yet. And then the problem is, when do you drive them? Mm-hmm. Oh, Henry Hayden. Hello, Henry. What's our favorite wheel manufacturer? HREs. Done. HREs. Love those wheels there. Of course, really expensive. Yeah. But I always go to the HRE website and, you know, you can put the wheels on the car and you're looking at what they've done lately. I saw HREs on a brand new um, Tycon. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because I thought, that needs to change. Brilliant. Love it. Uh, Andrew's asking how many times I put something in the edit that uh, you find questionable. It's happened a lot. But here's the big thing that happens. Once we get close to locked cuts, then we start trading the cut back and forth and having a debate about, I don't like this. What about that? What is this saying? And sometimes we get into conversations about what we think the audience, you guys, the audience are going to respond to. Stuff's been taken out. Stuff's been shifted. I mean, obviously, that's just the nature of edit. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Oh, wow. Uh, Philip Manuel. Hello, Philip. Would there be a time where everyday driver gets so big that you'd walk away from it? Hmm. Paul and Todd walking on the red carpet regularly? You mean like <laughs> what are sweeping we up the crumbs behind the real people, like the real what celebrities? What are we on the red carpet for? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> like, why am, why am I here? No, I, I, uh, I guess it's, it's more about the proliferation of driving enjoyment and helping people discover that. Hmm. And interestingly, when we interviewed McKeel Haggerty, we were shocked to discover how aligned our perspectives on that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Because his statement on the podcast was, I'm here to save driving. 
not commuting. Mm-hmm. We're to say mm-hmm. driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We think the exact same thing, exact same way. We want to get people in cars. So when, whenever we have the chance, and of course, when we have chance and Edgar and our shooters along, Ben as well, yeah. when we have everybody along for the ride, mm-hmm. we want to put these guys in cars. We want to get their opinions. And it's fun to be able to talk, you know, after we've all driven it, we can safely share our opinions and, you know, we, we can talk about it. Then we'll say, all right, what'd you think? And, you know, everybody will offer an interesting, different opinion as well. So kind of cool. BDY is asking, says he's watching with his six-year-old son. Hello, BDY and your son. Hello. Uh, we, we try to be vaguely family friendly, so I'm glad you're here with us. But his son is asking when the flying cars are getting here. By the way, it's gonna be- that was a question that we had when we were your age. Yeah. Because honestly, by the yeah. 2000s, we were all supposed to be in flying cars. And if you listen to current news media that is just in, that's not car media, it's just general media, we're all going to be in autonomous pods next week. First off, the <laughs> autonomous pods are not coming next week. Uh, that's not happening because of regulation and integrating that to normal traffic and having the charging infrastructure and those kind of things. Now compound that to flying cars. If you watch the Star Wars movies, and I'm sure you have, you look at Coruscant. Yes, I'm going Star Wars geeky. Stay with me. You look at Coruscant, and it has highways in the sky. You have alternate What, what was the word? It's, it's, a, it's a full planet of a, it's a whole city planet. Not familiar it's with that word. It doesn't matter. Okay. The point is, there's, there's traffic in the sky, and you can watch them doing like four-way stops and crazy stuff in the background. Where does all that regulation happen from? How do you control it? So the the big yeah. problem of flying cars is just actually navigating the highways in the sky, if you will. There are some now with drone technology being where it is where people are starting to do like flying machines that could be used for commuting the latest season of Westworld. I'm going all kinds of sci-fi places has got these. And it seems to make some level of sense that something like that will happen. It's like an alternative to a helicopter. But a flying car has been promised for decades. And I'm sorry, it's still decades away in reality. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. And we've talked endlessly about autonomy as well and how far that Mm -hmm. is away and how small the electric car market actually is. But I still feel like the push in technology is giving us all that glimpse. It's, Mm. you know, we know it's there. We know it's been proven to work. It's just democratization. It's just you know, getting it out there at the right price and everybody can start to experience it. And so that's actually what it comes back to about, you know, wanting my best friend right there in the car and we're, we're having this discussion. I'm imagining, mm. okay, here's what I think you'd say and I'm going to rebut that or whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, what happens a lot of times is we'll... Not with flying cars, but yeah. anyway. But in general, we'll wind up at lunch and one of us will say something about the car and the other one's like, wait, you think what now? And so mm-hmm. when we wind up in the car doing the interview later, we're like, that idiot is going to say this. So I'm going to say that. That happens as well. For yeah, sure. Shane said cor- Coruscant. Coruscant? Coruscant, yes. Yes, I thought that was a baked good. And by the way, when we go to <laughs> Gosh, Europe, stop. the croissants are Seriously. amazing. The breakfasts in Europe, they just know how to do breakfast. And the guys hear me rant about breakfast and the coffee. Oh, man. It's yeah, just brilliant. You're hearing like a fraction, like the beginning of the rant. We should move on just before it brilliant. continues to happen. It's all bad. <laughs> Can't wait. I'm thinking about breakfast. Oh, man. I love breakfast. There was an episode that Chris brought up. 482. Thank you, Chris, where you said this was an episode where we clarified for him why driving a sports car is not a midlife crisis declaration. Mm -hmm. This comes up a lot Mm -hmm. because what happens is you get to midlife and now you have enough money to buy a sports car and everybody thinks you've bought it just randomly. And so we talk that and unpack it for a while on that episode. I'm glad you liked it, man. That's cool. (laughs) Roxas Mitteria says, how often does Paul have to ask Todd, why are you such an overgrown man child? Regularly. Well, I'm also the idiot on set, too, so yeah, I'll true. be yeah. screwing around over here. And then the takes before we do the, the stand-ups at the very end of the TV episodes, mm-hmm. oh, 
Oh, that's what's fun because <laughs> the jokes come out because we're all punchy from a long day of shooting. We're in the sun and, you know, we're both doing the stand ups and they're just, you know, adjusting the cameras and it's just so. And I'm just sort of like, ah. Anyway, that's when a lot, a lot of it comes out. But uh, <clears throat> what's also funny about this is that my son is now 10. And many of you who have listened to the podcast for a while have heard him kind of growing up on the podcast. And he's watching and listening right now. So hello, sir. But um, there's many times when I'm an idiot on set and then someone that works on this show will hang out with my son and be like, oh, it's just the same person but shorter. <laughs> <laughs> he really is Ted because here's the 10 year old version of him in size. It's yes. just the same person. And he's, he's helping us more and more and yeah, he's doing a cool. fantastic job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that he is continually telling us that he's just going to take over. He's going to be like, <laughs> you guys just, yeah, you got him taking over. No, no, my favorite was when he said, <laughs> when he said to my mother-in-law that he didn't feel like it was necessary to go to college because he's taking over the show anyway. <laughs> And that trickles back to me through various oh, brains and, and also various filters. So by the time it gets to me, I'm like, wait a minute. Hang on. Wait. This was not what was said. But anyway, that always happens. All right. Uh, what else? When did the Paul Limiter start? Kind of episode one. I mean, it didn't get declared. Somebody <coughs> will have to tell us it, when the first episode where it, where it got that name. But it was a problem from episode one where somebody would say, I have a budget of $20,000. Probably be like, well, for twenty five, you can find this. So then people started sending in. Okay, for Paul, here's a little bit extra. We started calling it the Paul Limiter. That was early. And also, here's the other funny thing. When we started the podcast, we said to ourselves, we're going to do a half-hour podcast. We're going to keep it very focused. We're going to do it once a week. That should be plenty. By the time we, yeah, by the time we were a year in, we realized that's not working. So now it's twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays, at least an hour. We're we're passing an hour right here in a minute. (laughs) Are we sure Paul was born in the states? Yes, indeed, Edina, Minnesota. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. That's you know Minnesotans. They end their sentences with a preposition. You want to go with, so that's how I learned to talk. And then I moved to Colorado and now to Utah. That does tie into another question down here. And uh, who's it from about relocating? Will the growth of the show cause us to relocate? Who's that from? I hope not. Benjamin Davis. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And it's in the same category of. Everybody working from home, you can commute. Mm. We're doing the podcast, you know, obviously, wherever we can get cars. And interestingly, the proliferation of our ability to get friends' cars or privately owned cars or even dealership cars has definitely helped out. But for the big launches where the press cars are, our gear is lightweight enough. We Mm -hmm. can step on an airplane and we can just go. We've taken our gear to Europe. We've practically shot all over the world at this point i mean not much. all over the world not the east but other than that, mongolia yeah. still hasn't happened that's yet that's true there have did not do that um, episode yet yeah a few other countries anyway but the ideas that we have come from our ability to have such small gear and mm-hmm. dslrs mm-hmm. have just changed the game of course true yeah if you can believe it the show began prior to the invention of gopros that's frightening. Yeah. I'll Seems just like GoPros have existed forever. Drop that What's right also there. What's funny is that thankfully in Utah, we were able to find all the Corvettes, mm-hmm. all the BMW M cars, and all the 911s within like a 50-mile radius of where we based this show in Park City. Yeah. So finding cars like that, I never – while leaving Los Angeles, which of course is car central, I thought, uh-oh, I'm going to Utah. What? But yet the minute the weather turns nice here, everything is here. Yeah. And once we start trying yeah. to get these generational things done, it's great. I'd love to do another generational film. Granted, we're we're buried in podcast and YouTube and TV right now, but we've had a couple of other good TV. I mean, pardon me, big long feature film episode ideas, which I'd love to execute. Well, 
joked about maybe some YouTube series with high budgets, but you know, sponsors would be helpful for that. For sure. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, as you guys know, we want to partner with the best companies that we know of and already use. And so that's why you hear from us constantly on the sponsors, not just to say something about them, but because we appreciate them so much yeah. and they're indeed. And those of you who have tried the products from our sponsors, I love it when you write back to us and say, well, mm-hmm. That worked or it didn't work. We mm-hmm. want to hear both because we're talking to our sponsors as well constantly and we're constantly bringing ideas to them to say, all right, we want to shoot another episode or whatever that is. I mean, we're discussing things with Haggerty to maybe do a, a Haggerty branded shoot just like we did Grio's Garage. So we've got all these ideas constantly talking to sponsors. So if mm-hmm. you've got ideas for us, but thank you for the support. Ultimately, thank you for supporting them. And I believe they're just, they're fantastic. All of them. We got a question here from Jordan. He says, you can read your I speak car shirt, which actually came out of a podcast episode. This says, this says daily triple, by the way. And if I don't know who would endorse that. No, I I don't know. Yeah. It's just the tiniest. If if you really, if you really want to get geeky, uh, the, uh, the speed, the speedo that goes to hundred miles an hour on this shirt is actually taken right off of the one in my Lotus. So that daily triple shirt is something that I wear with pride regularly. And, Kind of indoors. Fantastic. Anyway, yeah. mm-hmm. BMS Web, thank you so much. I see you. He says, we've got full-on restrictions on cars for younger drivers in Australia, but his mm. son Thomas purchased a Fiesta ST because of the show. Oh, good. Thank you for following. Cool. Thank you, all of you in Australia and Canada and Germany and England and Poland and Sweden. The list is All over massive. the world. Yeah. It's amazing. What's so cool is the podcast login. As you know, we are on the Anchor platform by Spotify, mm-hmm. which yeah. proliferates world worldwide but on when i log in to upload an episode it gives me some breakdowns about demographics around the world and the list is long i mean ireland's up there i cannot believe it i'm going really this is amazing so thank you guys we can really appreciate it's always really fun i do want to say that there's a couple things that come up a lot that we have podcast episodes that many of you guys have already indexed for us most and least favorite shoots ever chris mentioned that episode is episode 360 so if you want to understand the episode that the things we shot that we really liked or really didn't and this is talking about production not talking about cars so that's a good one and then also we did a uh, cars you must drive in episode 233 and just at the end of last year, beginning of this year, we always do kind of a wrap up for the year past and what we want in the year prior. We didn't want COVID-19, but it's a separate thing. Mm-hmm. This was cars on our transports. We talk a lot about the fact what we'd like to do down the line is have track days that we can host and we can bring up a transport of cars that we keep talking about on the show and going, these are our greatest hits. Mm-hmm. You must drive all of these. We broke down the cars on our transports right at the beginning of the year in episode 463. Have I mentioned yet that this is episode 500? When did that happen? Amazing. That's Amazing. a lot of us talking. Do you know is it, that it's like uh, it's over 20 days solid if you just sat down? I'm not good at math, but if you sat down <laughs> and just started listening 24 hours a day to take you like 20 something days to get through all these podcasts. Thank you to those of you that have heard them all. That's crazy. And huge thanks again, because it's you guys with your debates that makes the show. Totally. So when yes. I open your email and mm-hmm. I read all about what's going on in your lives, I'm going, Todd, I could talk about that endlessly. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah, do yeah. that. Let's talk about that. So thank you for those emails. And also all your emails, just, hey, checking in. If we haven't replied to you, I apologize. But when you just say, hey, guys, I found this link or whatever. I'm just yeah, saying yeah. hi or whatever's on your mind. We see it. Thank you. It's fantastic just to hear what's going on. So we feel one connected of, that way, too. Totally. One of us reads every email that comes in, which it, sometimes is a bit daunting, but we do definitely do that. There have been a couple of questions here about, um, hang on, it keeps seeing it repeat. And of course, now I can't find it. 
I will come back to it when I find it. All right, it come back Sorry. to it. But first, we've got a question from Ted Theologan. Is a film question who says, mm. could we see a higher frame rate in Hollywood films? You are going to go there. Like okay. what Peter Jackson did with The Hobbits beca- became the norm. Mm-hmm. So this is my opportunity to step away for half an hour while Todd <laughs> discusses screenwriting. Just kidding. Now, Ted says they were terrible flicks, but he loves the higher frames and smoother panning. See, this is a fighting words thing. Okay, and it may be generational, but I'm. But you asked. I wasn't going to go there, but you've asked someone to go there. Ted, I'm sorry, and the rest of you that don't like care about film, I'm really sorry. No, here's the thing: there have actually been some studies done, and I don't have them in front of me. There has been some studies done about the 24 frame a second we use right now. It's fast enough that you don't see the seams of the frames flickering, but it's slow enough that something about your brain engages with that speed. Mm. It becomes uh, it becomes a fantasy realm that you've been sucked into. When you get higher frame rates, 30, 60. Now, the Peter Jackson films you're talking about are 48, so they were double the normal speed. Mm-hmm. It actually mm-hmm. becomes less engaging. It, there's actually been studies done about this psychology-wise that it actually becomes less engaging. It becomes so glossy that it becomes fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Peter Jackson films, I will disagree with you. The 48-frame ones look terrible. Now, yes – the okay. panning and everything gets really smooth. But the problem okay. is that the visual effects, because you're seeing them even better now, look worse. They almost always look more fake. And the whole thing, you see the seams of it, if you will. You see that it is all just a fabrication. Something about 24 frames a second sucks you in and keeps you away from that. And I, and I stand on this because the filmmakers that can shoot anything they want. Peter Jackson has not said he plans to shoot 48 again, at least to my knowledge. Okay. So that okay. was a kind of a grand failed experiment. But also... Christopher Nolan is still shooting on film at 24 frames a second. Jim Cameron is shooting all digital. He could do anything he wanted. He's shooting 24 frames a second. There's, there's a, a, a growing group generationally that is just saying if everything isn't 60, it's not worthwhile. 60 is super glossy, but I think it's less cinematic. So I hope that it does not come become the norm to have more frame rate. I'm disagreeing with you there, but that's my take. Do you remember when Todd said, you know, I do the design videos and he's in the audience learning? Mm. When he does that... I'm over here learning. And honestly, I have followed directors more and paid more attention to director's style more than I ever had. It's amazing. I honestly, man, your your knowledge of the industry floors me, but it always is exhibited in our work because you, you know what's going on in the industry and you know what you know, maybe the current style is, and you'll say, Okay, that's interesting to adopt, that's a fresh look, or that's just a Flash in the pan, that's just a trendy, stupid thing. Well, but at some point, you're making a creative decision that, frankly, may be wrong. But, yeah, these are the decisions that we're making, yeah. Matt Guerra, 82, asks if we think we as social beings have gotten better or worse in Mm. building meaningful relationships after advances in communication, such as smartphones and social networks. It depends on what you're doing, of course. If you're using Mm. social media to organize a dinner party, you're using both, right? But, yeah, Kind of both. In many cases, we're terrible. But it's interesting. It's it's arm's length. It's such arm's length. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which in many cases, when I'll use our own Discord. Okay. Yeah. When people put names and faces with handles, and you meet at a car show or one of our meetups or something like that, it's sort of like, 
oh my gosh, you were not what I was expecting. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Well, the Discord thing you brought up, I want to come back to that. We have a Patreon page, and all of our patrons, this was something that was started by uh, his his avatar is Waffleopagus, which I still think is amazing, but Matt yes. set up this Discord yes, for us. Yes, thank you, Matt. And so it is a chat room, which is really, really cool. Everybody that is one of our patrons automatically gets invited to the Discord chat room, and it has it, grown at a level that I never imagined. I pop on there a few times a week, and I'm just amazed by the conversations that are going. Friendships have formed road trips have happened because you and i we try to do a couple meetups a year Mm -hmm. but there's people in parts of the country that are getting together and becoming friends and going on drives together and i love that community because it's so hard and this is exactly what matt's asking here it's so hard to find community right now yeah because we all end up in our little factions where we just we just refresh and we scroll and we read things that reinforce the thing we already believed and we aren't bumping into that person in line especially not now, we're not having conversations with people that don't agree with us. And so we just become this insular being. And the interesting thing that I have found that I always kind of believe, but I've seen it so much with what we do. Mm -hmm. Cars are this great equalizer. You love cars. You may be someone I would have never approached or gotten along with, but you have a cool car. And now we started a conversation and now we realize that crazy, ridiculous realization. And that is you're a person too. I mean, I yeah, like everything about yeah. you, but we can just get along and we can talk. We can start with cars, but we can branch out a bit. And that doesn't mean you're going to agree with them on everything. But I like that commonality that allows us to branch out beyond, yep, everybody's the same as me. I hate everyone else. Yeah. That's not helping anyone. Well, when you finally do have that face-to-face interaction, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's hard to hate up close. You wouldn't yes. say those yes. things to yes. that person ever if you have any sense of decorum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah, wouldn't yeah. say those things and you know talk about whatever. This is a classic example of the comments on YouTube. And Todd and I spend an inordinate amount of time noticing the comments that come through and we think, okay, did we deserve that? Were we, mm-hmm. were we way off base? Were we wrong mm-hmm. on that? Yeah, we ask these questions. You're right. And we discuss. We've had many hours of just discussion thinking, all right, should, should we respond? How do we respond? And ultimately, mm-hmm. when one of us responds, it's not for that person. It's for everyone else reading Mm -hmm. to watch how we respond. And that's a big thing. And it's very much in the mindset of we would say the same thing. If you were standing right here, we would want to engage in that discussion. Yes. And that comes back to our own debates where it's okay. I disagree. On the other hand, that's a really good point. And I hate that you're right or something totally, but I can, I can learn from that. And I'm, I'm again in wrongville over here on many, many topics, but we're always learning. I have yet to meet the person that knows everything about software <laughs> about or cars yeah, yeah, yeah. or cooking or whatever that is. So we're constantly learning and there's constantly new cars that come out with new specs and new things. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows everything about that car yet. It's brand new to the industry. So how can you be an expert on it yet? So we're finding it or it's a new model. And that comes back to driving the car for what it is now, not the mm-hmm. legacy mm-hmm. of the skylines and all the <laughs> Nissan GTRs. <laughs> yeah. Those are great. But we're driving as it is right now if you were shopping, not reading the magazine and not comparing to, well, the specs say it's just better because it has the most of all the numbers. It's the highest. You know, the the mixed bag of YouTube and social media in general, the mixed bag is on one level. People like ourselves were able to go out with very little production budget, pretty much just our bank accounts and start a show that became this thing. And that I'm very proud of. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we don't do a good job of you and I, cause we're always thinking about where we want to be. We don't often stop and go look where we've come from. And 500 episodes is a good time to do that. It's amazing. But it's I will amazing. say this, the number of things that have been improved or refined in our hosting, in the way we do the show based on YouTube comments, good and bad. 
it's influenced a yes, lot of what we because, do. It really and has. this is the filmmaker in me. Look, you can make a film you love. If the audience hates it, you did a bad job. Okay? The audience, yeah. some point, now, now, now yeah. having said that, you're not going to have a film you made that everybody loves. Never going to happen. You're always going to have, if you want to go YouTube, you're always going to have the down votes. It's always going to happen. But if there's a consensus, it's something I learned from screenplays. You send a script out to 10 people and six of them say, this isn't working. Guess what? That thing isn't working. If they're talking about a scene or a character or something and okay. six out of 10 people say this isn't working well, you better revise that. Yeah. Now, it's not everybody. It's not like 10 of 10 said it. Right. That's happened with this show like crazy. We'll read a comment that is sometimes scathing. It's like, I needed a hazmat suit to read yeah, that just because the person's just blasted along. Wow. And I think, where did that come from? Yeah. It's just an inanimate object. Because they're not face-to-face. Right. But often it's about reading that to find the kernel to be like, what has set them off and can we learn from it? And sometimes there's nothing to learn. They were just angry and they had a keyboard. That happens. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times it's like there's a kernel in there that is suggests something that we could do better. And so let's refine that. That's the hard part is finding that stuff. Although when there's two sets of comments and one is, that's the best thing ever and I totally agree. <laughs> They're next to and each other. you're the idiots and the worst people ever on the planet. We know we've hit the middle. Like that's the target. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, okay. So – both comments on either end of the spectrum, that must be mm-hmm. – we're, we're going back and forth and we're having the healthy debate right in the middle. Apparently, we did it right. Love if people that. love it and hate it, we <laughs> yeah. hit the middle. That's for sure the case. Yeah. Somebody asked uh, – David said, what was your biggest challenge when we started out the show versus now? I would say the biggest challenge kind of still remains. It's lessened, and that was getting cars. Yeah. Getting cars was difficult. Yeah. And, find, and the other thing is when we first started, both you and I had full-time jobs. So it was trying to balance that. I still that. look back and think, how did I manage the time yeah, and yeah, not yeah. follow The fact we were able to step into the show full time has changed yeah. things immensely. But getting cars is still – you'd be surprised how much of a struggle it is to get press cars. Because and, and look, pick your magazine. I don't care. Very often you'll read big comparos in huge magazines with massive amounts of budget and they'll say, we wanted to have a whatever, but it wasn't available. Right. It happens to everybody. Right. It's the constant fight for press cars, but it's also a very small world and all of the press loan folks talk to the other people. So we're always very concerned about let's let's drive a press car hard. Let's give it back shiny side up. Absolutely. Let's be respectful to everybody Absolutely. because we want to get more cars for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. Ronald in Spain, are we going to reschedule our adventure to Spain? Kind regards from Spain. Thank you for the note. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitively we are. We can't wait to go. It it is not in twenty twenty, sadly. Nope. But watch for the reschedule because everybody involved with that trip from the planners on that end in Europe to us wanting to take you guys. Yes, we want to go definitively. Yes. Jordan has asked, what's the worst thing that happened in a car while filming or reviewing Jordan? I'm going to have you see American original, the Corvette yeah. film or listen Hands to that podcast. What's that podcast episode? It's three thirty three, I think. Yes, it is behind the scenes of that, but you need to see it. Because it's, it's, it's one of those things, honestly, that was difficult enough. There's a near miss in that filming that was difficult to edit, frankly, because it's, it's kind of some jarring mm-hmm. footage. So you can, uh, well, you can bask yourself. in the glow of that yourself, Jordan. As well. Thing, yeah. mm-hmm. As well. All right. I'm looking for other questions on here. Let's see here. Oh, talk about uh, Amazon and TV. Thomas G22 on Instagram. Amazon versus TV. Is there a reason it is on Amazon and not Netflix as well? Amazon has a way for independent producers like ourselves to post on Amazon and submit to Amazon and get approved. Netflix, you have to get a deal with. And and generally, the only way you make money via Netflix, because they pay fractions of a penny for watching, 
is because you got a deal from Netflix to put your content on there. And we aren't enough of a draw that that was even worth pursuing. So Amazon allows us the portal, and so we go through Amazon. I am perfectly happy. If you're out there listening and you work for Netflix and you want to put our show on Netflix, we have an email address, <laughs> everydaydrivertv at Gmail. I will take that email. But at this Definitely. point, we haven't seen a way that we can get on there efficiently that makes, the, that makes financial sense. It's the truth. Right. Tim MCW on Instagram asks, what is the best seat we've ever sat in? Definitively, wow. without a doubt. You're going to go there. Do you have an answer? I have an answer. Do you? And I think you might agree. Okay. The carbon buckets in the GT2 RS 911. Those were brilliant. Those were brilliant. Were I, they not? I, I don't know that I drive cross country in them, but they were brilliant. And they, and and t- terribly, they are like the they're like the racing buckets. Like, please don't wear a skirt. They are. They, they are, are. But that's what's great. amazing. They're phenomenal. The yeah. racing seats. It's almost like not. Not the harder the foam, but the more supportive and more places. Yeah, it yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. sort of like the Captain Obvious moment over here. But the the racing seats are almost more comfortable to me than just sort of normal seats. You know, you can go the sports yeah. seats, but then the the Recaros, the you know whatever that is, and the buckets, the carbon buckets. Mm. Porsche side, other companies make carbon buckets. <laughs> Paul went to Porsche. You're shocked. I know. But yeah. I don't know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will say this though: the Lotus Elise seats are about the simplest seats on the planet. And every time I drive that car, I'm surprised by how good the seats are. They are a lot like lawn chairs in their construction. They they look that way. You're right. And here's what's crazy: is you see every every seat except the Lotus Elise seat is more complex than that seat. And yet here is this simple seat that every time I'm in it, I'm like, this just works. That's crazy. The amount of people that have put more into a seat than that seat and gotten it wrong is most of the industry by comparison. Mm-hmm. But there it is. Yeah. All right. Uh, there's. Oh, guys, thank you John's so much. John's asking about collaborations with other content creators. The short answer is sure. I mean, the problem yeah, is we're in Utah. We're kind of by ourselves here. So it'd be about who are we collaborating with? What are we doing with them? And where are we going to get it done? Now, we had a, a little be- brief thing with the Throttle House guys. They're up in Canada. We've been joking back and forth. They're coming to Utah. I mean, if they do, guys, you're welcome. But I don't yeah, know that that absolutely. will happen. We did a piece with uh, Gears and Gasoline when they came through here years ago. We are more than happy to do co- collaborations. It's literally a reality of schedule and location. And if it happens, great. The perfect question came in. Uh-oh. Roxas asked, what if I marry a woman named Mercedes and I keep talking about Porsches, therefore confusing everybody? <laughs> I have your answer. I have your answer. Okay. All right. Ferdinand Porsche, Ferry Porsche, Ferdinand mm, Porsche yes. did work, engineering work, very early in his career for Mercedes. Oh, no. If you go to the Porsche Museum in Stuttgart, there's a lot of collaboration with Mercedes and Porsche. And as a matter of fact, the two companies' headquarters are both in Stuttgart on opposite sides of the town, and they're friends. You remember the, the Mercedes 500E? It was actually... The body in white shipped from Mercedes mm-hmm. to Porsche for final assembly. I'm going to go Star Wars again because it, it will lose you. Okay. Uh, Jordan is asking me f- my favorite ship in the Star Wars universe. You know what it is? Much to my surprise, I'm going to go Star Wars geeky. It's Queen Amidala's chrome ship that looks kind of like the SR-71. Hands down the coolest ship in the universe. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. I know. You, it was just white noise for you, but you'll go into watches. It'll okay. be all balanced out for sure. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. We were in the bar with Matt from Smoking Tire. Yes. <laughs> that was at the original Super Launch. That was the Super Launch yeah. a year Last ago, year. actually, Last right year. now. Yep. Yep. Amazing. Yeah, Matt's a huge friend of the show. We go back a long ways with Matt, as a mm-hmm. matter of fact, yeah. when he was still living in New York at the time. No, and then no, he, he moved was, to L.A.? No, he was in L.A. when we met him. But here's the crazy part about the Matt Farah connection he to this show. He had just moved, though. He hadn't been there long. He was in the early years of his podcast. His podcast is great. It's been going a lot longer than ours. We were on it two different times, yeah. about a year apart. And both times, they said to us after the episode was over, you guys should do a podcast. Yeah. And our thought at the time was, on what? Yeah, what, because, what are we going to talk because about? Because Matt has the Hangout podcast with guests handled. He's got that handled in yeah, the car space. Definitely. But then around that time, we started getting so many emails from you and, and people that didn't even know we were having these conversations about, hey, here's who I am, and I have this amount of money, and I'm looking for whatever. And suddenly it dawned on us, that's the podcast. And it's still the podcast to this day. I mean, we do the news stuff. We take your questions, which are awesome. Thank you, guys. But that is still the core of the podcast, is you guys writing to us with those car debate questions, which is why the podcast was formed. So I have to give a hat tip to Matt Absolutely. and his team for encouraging us to do a podcast. And here we are 500 episodes later. That is amazing. Yeah. No, every time we've gone on the podcast, we'll be going to LA and we, you know, we realize we have a little bit of extra time. We'll send him a text and just say, hey, we're going to be in town. Can we jump on the podcast? Can we come back? He's always been so accommodating. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. huge thanks to him. And every time I'm around the guy, he's so well opinionated, well spoken about things, which is interesting to yeah. me. He's got he a degree a in photography, by the way. So yeah, you yeah. go into his house, he's got some amazing prints on the wall. He's like, oh, yeah, I took that. Going, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Versatile guy. Anyway. Uh, sorry, I have to toss it to you because I know you want to answer. Can you answer? Mm. Forza Viola's question best door closing sound. Best are you going to go original? Sound. Are you going to go here? You're going to go original 911? Uh, it might be this car with if you watch the 50 oh, Years of 911. It has the ping, the Porsche ping. Yeah, are you familiar with the ping? It. We captured it for we that did. film, and I'm still shaking my head. Yeah. Watch it. The Maserati rear door is pretty good, I have to admit. The rear door. The rear door. Oh. The fronts are good, but then you go to the rear, and it's this thump, womp, kind of satisfying, like, engineering. It's great. Carl says, how long are we doing this for? How long are we doing this for? Paul? I don't know. We're, we're going. We expected to go, minutes. man. We expected we go great. at least 90 minutes, so we're going for a while here. Thank you guys for all the questions. Best door closing sound. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's actually this car. I know. Not one like it. It's I know. that door mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. That's yeah, good for you. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's bump around here and find more questions. Looking at Twitter. Go back to other podcasts while we're here. Uh, Jordan said that one of his favorite podcasts was 455, where you and I discussed the Cybertruck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anytime said, Elon comes up, he's uh, just sort of like whole, this volcano. He just sort of melts. Yeah, well, that comes up. And it's here's great. the thing. And then we get we get angry letters from Tesla fans. Yeah. Every time we mention the fact that I have mentioned the word Tesla right now means that tomorrow there will be an email in our inbox. No matter what mm-hmm. I say from here on, Guaranteed. from someone angry about how much they like Tesla and they think we hate it, which is not the case. But the Cybertruck discussion, uh, he was listening to it with his wife and they are completely diametrically opposed on how they feel about the Cybertruck. Okay. So we were backing and not backing their argument through the entire discussion. So he really likes 455, his, uh, the Cybertruck episode. But he also said he told us a scary story about driving through a nasty snowstorm and trying to kind of keep his wits about him. He said he learned about rear-wheel drive driving through the snow because he had winter tires on and he feels like it saved him. Mm-hmm. But the thing that allowed him to not – I think this is crazy, Jordan. The thing that allowed him to not get freaked out was he just had episodes playing. That was his white noise, if you will, of us playing. So he would get his mind a little bit off of the fact that he was spooked 
but then he got through it and realized, man, I'm glad I had winter tires. We are the weird tire people. I end up talking tires for, I mean, I have nothing to do with creating tires, by the way, but I obviously go on to tangents about the importance of I tires. I love it. I love it. Oh, this is great. All right. So I'm going to bring up a topic that I have not cleared this with you yet. Uh, we oh, haven't no. discussed this, but it is a, a podcast idea that I have proposed to many people so far oh, in, no. in yeah, our okay. All right. Orbit. I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah. But in, in, in my ongoing effort to continue to keep the podcast fresh and interesting and relevant, it struck me the other day because many of you have written to us and say, guys, I'm listening to the podcast with my kids. I'm in the car. They love it. And somebody wrote to us, and you know who you are, and you said, when the intro came on, this is a five-year-old kid, asked his dad mm -hmm. or said, there's a car out there for me? And they're really going to help me find it. And my heart absolutely just melted. <laughs> I, I, it was amazing. It was this realization. I thought, we're ex-kids. We're all ex-kids. Yeah, we yeah, had yeah. so many yeah, yeah. questions as kids to our parents and to everybody else as we were growing into this car culture. I thought, what if Todd and I took on one episode just to start with and started out just addressing kids' questions? Yeah. Yeah. And we'd like to have Todd's kid on. Yes, my son will hopefully be on as a, a brief cameo, yes. I'm just putting this out there to the audience. If you have questions that your kids ask you that you think, all right, Todd and Paul could talk about mm -hmm. or yeah, we yeah. could address, whatever it is. And here's an example. Will kids want driver's licenses when they turn 16? Depends on the kid. It depends on the kid. It also depends on the kids being raised. My, <laughs> my son would take one now. I know he would, he and he'd be father, good so at it too. Yeah, uh -huh. But I'm just asking, I just think, what What if, let's just start with one podcast that addresses the kids and talks to their questions and their needs mm -hmm. and things like, why are Ferraris cool? All of us just know Ferraris are cool. <laughs> we assume a cool car is a Ferrari. That's how it actually starts. Yes. Is that a Ferrari? No, But it's not should they? Yeah. And we don't actually question our own mm -hmm. sort of standards and benchmarks that, well, it just is because it is. And well, I, I guess I don't really know. Why are they cool? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't really challenged that. And so in an, our own effort to continually keep it fresh, I'm just asking, putting it out there. Yeah, people are Maybe we'll get idea. to we it. And, It'd be um, very fun. It'd we'll be see. very, very fun. Uh, Scoobers90 says, do I see myself going further down the spectrum of sacrifice by getting a caterum? No, I want a car that I can take out when it rains. And don't tell me little snap top caterum. not doing that. Plus, we did drive a caterum a few years ago. It was the upper level caterum. And mm. honestly, I'm just too big. I, I, this is a problem we have often. Now, we're both 6'3". And the steering wheel comes out too. Yeah, yeah. Still too To big. help you get in and out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you had to get really very personal with everyone standing around helping you buckle in. There was no personal space. Stuff's going to get dug for. I'm sorry. It was awful. <laughs> but um, but the thing about the caterum is that it's tiny. And you and I at 6'3", if, if you'd like to be a car journalist and fit in everything, you want to stop about 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, There's something for my son to strive for, to stop at like 5'10", yeah. because you'll yeah. fit in everything. <laughs> you'll be perfect. Exactly. It's like just at, wear a size 9 shoe. You'll fit exactly. in everything. It's all the at, sample sizes. At 6'3", I also have a freakishly long torso, apparently. So I, I have trouble fitting in stuff. The caterum was a bridge too far. It was fun to drive. But I can, can't even think how rarely I would drive that car. I drive the Lotus as much as I possibly can and barely fit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see here. How did we fit in the Lamborghini Countach? Not well, actually, LD. <laughs> not well. Now, what's crazy is that has those you know, 80s curved seats. They're not even really shaped. They're, oh. just like a, they're like a half crescent moon shape. They're, they're like the and Bauhaus furniture from the 50s, that yeah, kind there of you go. lounge yeah. Yeah, yeah. chair. Only you would know that, but yes. But what's crazy is the seats are surprisingly comfortable in spite of that, except this is 80s Italian supercar technology. So while the wheel is here, 
your feet are you can't see my feet, but your yeah. feet are over here. Yeah. Because you actually it's the other way around, because you gotta dodge the front wheel. And so it's this weird your body's <laughs> twisted. I can't imagine actually having high G loads in that car. We did not fit well, but we fit barely. The the worst, if you want to watch our OK episode where we went and drove K cars, thanks to Soto Motor in Seattle. Yes. I sat yes. down in the AutoZam A Z one, which has a cutout glass <laughs> part in the in the cool Goldwing doors, and I sat down and Adam who runs the place, who's significantly shorter than I am looked at me and got this concerned look on his face and went, I think you'll fit. <laughs> and then I sat, the there, like, I sat there and kind of did this and kind of crouched while he closed the door. And I remember watching the, the actual seam, the, the metal seam frame uh-huh. for, the, for the window came down equal with my forehead and the <laughs> glass was just above. So, yeah, fitting is key. <laughs> All right. Looking for more questions here. What do you got? David Trader, when will they make cars with people over six feet? No. It's not happening. That's going to stay along that way. Mm-hmm. How high a mileage vehicle would you trust? Depends entirely on the car and the maintenance. I'm coming back to it. The Phaeton has over 130,000 miles. How many is up for you to guess? We're giving away something next Tuesday. Two different things to the two closest people. Some uh, foaming kits from Griot's Garage to the people that guess the closest. Those pictures are going up on Facebook and Instagram. As soon yeah, as we're done immediately. here, yep. you can guess the mileage of the Phaeton, which is also being given away to one of you that helped us buy it. Sometime after we do a autocross, which has been shot, a road trip, which we're about to shoot, and possibly even a high-speed run on the salt flats, we're trying to set that up as well because we want to do crazy things with old crazy sedans. Yeah. The salt flats is an interesting deal because mm-hmm. it depends on how much moisture is in the salt. Completely. And you want to do it at the right time of year and the right area because of you know it can be a little bit crusty and then you can punch through and mm-hmm. that would be bad. So it's, it's kind of interesting considering this and we still haven't been out there we haven't we've talked about shoots but these are the right cars to do it with clearly <laughs> sure because if you spin not? out you're just gonna be like skittering through this you're just like okay i'm way over there but you're not gonna hit anything trevor smith is asking if i am related to the deacons d-e-e-k-e-n that he used to hang out with high school and college in kansas city my suspicion trevor is yes do you know kansas city deacons i don't know any kansas city deacons but my grandfather and then, therefore, my dad was raised in a tiny, literally blinking stoplight city in northeastern Kansas called yeah. Wathena, Kansas. Yeah. And D-E-E-K-E-N is not a common name, but all of those – there were brothers, et cetera, that, from that area. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a relation there. That's a pr- there's, there's like three or 400 families in the world – with that name. Mm-hmm. So it's small. So we're probably bound to be related somehow. We used to get, this is random. I remember when I was in high school, we got a newsletter from the Deacon reunion from people we'd never met. It was entirely in German. <laughs> they were doing a worldwide Deacon reunion. We were like, this really is a small thing. Anyway, <laughs> so like, yeah. are we going? I, who knew? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> are we going to continue to get oddball cars after the Phaeton and the QP5? <laughs> we're talking about the it. The four-door. question is what money and which ones? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're still in the, you know, should we get another $10,000 kind of ish car? But yeah, then there is the, the really crazy ideas. And I'm talking, you know, for the future of the show and way out there, it's, well, we also have conversations where we think about that, and then I go, oh, look, that's leaking again. And then it kind of brings us back. Yeah, the Phaeton leaks yeah. in my driveway, by the way. It just, I, I keep chasing it with the cardboard mm-hmm. around the driveway, and then it leaks in a new place. I'm like, yeah. And you know, you can see Paul doing that, can't you? You can just yeah. envision it. It has definitely happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Oh, Alfred says, if my name comes up for the Phaeton and Maserati giveaway, can I refuse? Yes, you can, Alfred. We're going to actually send out a, a, a survey <laughs> to all the people that are eligible. All the people that gave into our GoFundMe to buy these cars, they were automatically entered to win them 
win them. I'm doing air quotes for those you can't see uh, at the end. And we are going to ask people if they would like to refuse because if you want to refuse, you certainly can. <laughs> All right. I've got a question here about watches. It is uh, Atticus asking thoughts on Nomos Glashut watches. Uh, yeah. You know what? It's like wine. If you like the watch and you like how it looks, I say go for it because you've got to decide are you buying for the style or are you buying for the movement? The upper level of manufacturers make both. Mm. I am nowhere near that level of affording watches that make both <laughs> because then you're in a whole other category. But many manufacturers will source movements from Switzerland, from Japan, from around the world. And if you like that style and that speaks to you, then I say absolutely. And I, I'm looking at the website. I like them. I like clean, very classic, beautiful watches that'll go with almost anything. I also like a big chunk of stainless on my wrist, but you know, that's me too. So <laughs> yes, I did have just white noise happening in my <clears throat> headphones during that entire thing. Uh -huh. That is pretty fun how that happens. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Let's see here. Somebody is saying, what did we do before everyday driver? Go back to podcast 52. You'll hear that entire discussion. Uh, I was in the film industry and always had wanted to be, and you were uh, a designer and still are, which is why Paul's fixing the, the whatever car design yes. videos are awesome and will I'm be awesome as you fixing do more. it definitively there you go fix it it's your version i get it <laughs> yeah. yes but you are you're, you're branding it your way for sure yes <laughs> right right okay let's see oh andrew m if i won the lottery design any car for my favorite company uh you know what i'm actually intrigued by that maserati the new mid-engine car of and course you are you know throw my hat in the ring yeah, for that yeah, one yeah. just to because it's not out yet we haven't seen it so everybody's still guessing I, yeah, Porsche would be interesting too. For a long time, get this. When I was in design school, everybody wanted to intern for Porsche, but nobody wanted to work there because hmm. they didn't have the Panamera, they didn't have the hmm. Taycan, or the Cayenne, or the Cayman, or any of the cars that they have now. Hmm. They kind of had the 911, and everybody was like, you go work there. What are you going to draw all day? Like, what are you going to work on? But then, of course, they expanded the 9 universe. 11. Seriously. 9-11. Seriously. Everybody was <laughs> sort of like, I can do it. Yay. Porsche is like the Holy Grail. Don't want to work there because it just seems like, what projects are you going to work on? But then, of course, that's all changed now. But then it was, it was really kind of strange. Pretty interesting. Somebody has asked us M2 or Shelby GT350. Those are very different cars. I'll say this to you. Best, I'm going to just go out there. Best BMW in the last 10 years, the 1M. Mm. Uh, the M2 is almost that good. The M2 it is, is, it is a lot more usable and nicer than the GT350, which has a ton of personality, mainly because of that engine. I think I'm in, mostly in love with that car because of the engine, but it is cool. They're very different. That's almost a car debate. That's as close as I'm getting on this podcast. Forza Viola, sunglasses while driving, polarized or not? Mm. Polarized. Definitely polarized, even though I don't have... I mean, not all my sunglasses are polarized, so I'll just have to deal with it, but usually polarized. Polarized is the best except for one thing. Okay. You wear polarized sunglasses, and now the head-up display that you paid extra for in a car oh, is irrelevant. Problem. There is that problem. You can't and sometimes the screen's in the car, so you're sort of like, yes. What? So a lot of cars yeah. have got really great heads-up, full-color heads-up displays now, and you wear polarized sunglasses, you can't even see it. Uh, literally, I, I've been in cars to review. And I've been sitting in them all day and driving and having sunglasses on, and I'll sit down and look at something in the interior and suddenly realize it has a heads-up display. That's the only downside for sure. Ty is asking. He didn't. He says he didn't care about the cars before, but he wants them now. <laughs> Can we do another round of buy-ins before the giveaway? I, I mean, that know. would theoretically cover our expenses on the car, the tires, because <laughs> all of the summer extra tires money I spent. Oh, yeah. summer tires are going on the Maserati on Monday. Yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, that's going to be expensive. 
what else does it need? Um, nothing at the moment. Reliable Maserati just starts and runs. <laughs> It, because you haven't fixed the stuff well, that is yeah. lingering. This is why you have – I've spent money because, as I've described, the Phaeton kinds needs to be drip-fed. But it doesn't have anything catastrophic pending. Your car is like three or four catastrophic things pending that you're just driving it and hoping they don't go boom. Pending. Yeah. And I'm going to really kick that can down the road for the next person to deal with. <laughs> or they might not even deal with it. It's got yeah. 70,000 plus miles on it now. I've seen older QP5s with like a hundred. And then that's when they really like <laughs> ratty and broken down. Really People wreck like your bank account, you know. So I'm, you know, could it could it just limp till then? It's driving great. We said a year. We're going to have them a it's year. We are doing great. a road trip. I'm looking forward to maybe, that for sure. Maybe. Well, we'll see. I think we're going to have them till probably the end of the summer, and then. Well, we'll I mean, the, the second round of buy-ins. Oh, I nah, okay. Maybe we can, we'll hey, see. We'll consider. All right, we'll see. Yeah, for sure. All right. Oh, my gosh. 90 minutes. We've got 90 minutes Yes, ST or Miata, honestly, it's Miata because rear-wheel drive is better. But if you're buying a hatchback, Fiesta ST is one of the most fun front-wheel drive hatchbacks ever. Mm. David Trader says, do you think Ford will bring back the Focus ST or RS? Probably well, not. Well, in Europe, it's yes. still there. The, 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 the Focus is still there. Honestly, they still make a Fiesta ST that apparently the third generation, Tom, if you're listening in Germany, who used to work for us and now works for Automotor und Sport, und Sport and drives everything and has access to the ring. So I'm only like this much jealous. But anyway, the um, he has said to us that the Fiesta ST is even more brilliant in its latest gen. The problem is it's just going to be about the U.S. buying public. Mm-hmm. If there is a general shift away from SUVs, then Ford and Chevy and those that are killing cars are going to come back to making cars. But right now where all the money is is CUVs and SUVs. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 90 minutes. Holy moly. We should probably close it We've down. been jamming. Guys, have been, yeah. thank you. I, Big time. Really? Yes. yes, yes. This has been a lot of fun. Really, really appreciate all the questions that are continuing to come through. Yeah, for sure. Keep asking. And as you've heard, EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com, your Topic Tuesdays, your car mm-hmm. conclusions, all all of your car debates, and any responses you've got to this podcast sure. and uh, what you want to see on future you can find Here's all of the our next. stuff. EverydayDriver.com is built entirely to be a hub. If you're trying to find the podcast or you've come from the podcast, you've never seen the YouTube videos or the films or whatever, it's available there. There's a store that connects to Amazon. You can get our TV episodes. Season 7 is coming in July. We are in the middle Amazing. of shooting that. Amazing. Old episodes are going to YouTube and are on Pluto TV. And the new stuff is on Amazon and Vimeo after it plays and premieres on Motor Trend Cable Channel. There's a lot of stuff. EverydayDriver.com can get you to all of it. Thank you to all those of you that are not only watching now, yeah, but are watching later and are sometimes just listening. This podcast will go live as an audio recording and that will continue this. And this will stay up. This will stay up for, for sure. sure. And next Tuesday, we are announcing winners of the Guess the Mileage of the Phaeton for the Griot's product. So that, that picture is about to go live. Right, go right. Live. Yep. And oh, to tease it, we've got the senior VP of user experience at Haggerty. We interviewed mm-hmm. f- for uh, just a couple days ago. And so he is going to be on podcast episode 501 yep. we had a fantastic interview with him just he ended up it was a lot of fun to be on and he was very articulate and explained a lot of things it so cool. it's, yeah. it's that's uh, the next one coming at you but until then thank you thank you guys this has been awesome really, cool. really appreciate, appreciate it. it guys cheers everyone time.